Black Ranch Nation, hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Always an honor to spend it with you every week right here. But first, the little trumpets coming at you with the Boodles Band out of Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. I've heard from you on the website, wrenchnation.tv. And some of you are stressed out. And that's why I say get into a little, let's raise the brass. Everybody needs some brass in their life. Absolutely. I, I can see and feel you right now. You're driving. You guys, you know, you're stressed out. I, I say this all the time. Some of you, it's midweek and Saturday if you're catching a sound in California, what have you. Some of you are uptight. The holidays are coming. You got a wish list, but that wish list with inflation is half a list. How many are affected by inflation? All things inflation. Whether it's bread, milk, grapes, eggs, well, hey, your local mechanic, we've had to raise our prices and some of you are mad at us. Don't tell me that, Frank. Susie, running, singing pandas, have you had to raise your prices a little bit? A smidgen, Frank. Let's just be real. A smidgen. Like, these things just don't come. We're not a bunch of greedy, uh, I'm going to be in the Caribbean this weekend because I made a bunch of money, people. <laughs> it's because cost rolls down and this is a big deal right now in the economy. Yeah, especially when the current news is saying a lot of the new cars are not being paid for on time. Well, now the millennials and uh, Gen Z are, well, my daughter. are running behind you, on credit cards. You guys are trying to buy you know, rent right now. We know rent yeah. is huge, but for a lot of folks uh, to rent an apartment is the way to go. The feds, I was watching, listening. They got excited. Mortgage rates went down from whatever it is, nine to, they dropped half a point. Well, a lot of you are like me, we're sitting on 2% deals. Yeah, I'm at 2 and up 2.3. It's just I feel for our younger I generation. Uh, Alexandra's in studio. She's a rock star. Uh, shout out, Alexandra. I got to ask you because you're up and coming. And we're going to announce the show topic and our very special guest here in a moment. Uh, you feeling it? Yeah. What hits you hard now? Inflation. Is it the bread milk or is it gas or what's hitting you? Uh, definitely the gas. My gas has went from 50 to 75 in an instant. And then and these old people, they tell you, get on a bicycle. Well, <laughs> well, that's why I brought you Angros. I brought you Angros so you can have a smile on your <laughs> we face do. today. Thank you, thank I'm going to paint the scene, people, because uh, we love you, family, and thank you for hanging with us every week for over seven years. We have fresh, let me smell them. Can you sm we have fresh egg rolls from Singing Pennies. Yes, right. We can't eat them because I'll be <laughs> spitting through the mic. But, Alexandra, you make a good point. You really do. And so let me ask you this. Have you had to modify your budget are you now not going out to eat as often or what are you doing to compensate how are you managing your budget uh definitely not going out as often where uh, were you going out prior were you disco lady what were you doing uh me and my friends used to go to malls and you know hang out and all that kids but can't even go to the malls these days <laughs> well, well you know i i i picked it for like importance, I do need to get from point A to point B on a daily basis. So in order for me to fill up my gas tank, I decided to take away those things 
for now until the inflation obviously Well, let me blows. tell you, you're disciplined and it's hard. Now, I tell my do- I tell you what I tell my daughters. And we uh, we have a special guest in the studio who's going to chime in. We're going to bring uh, Joe Ritz in earlier. I say Joe comes in now. Let's get Joe's mic because Joe Ritz of the uh, Scottsdale. Of course, this car show, we're going to talk about cars, but the economy is in there. Too yeah, summer. but Frank, don't uh, say don't go out to eat. No, exactly. We need Joe Ritz singing band up. <laughs> Where you can eat an egg roll and good food and watch a nice song and dance there. We'll talk about that. Joe, I'm going to pitch it over to you. Joe Ritz, uh, you've been in the Valley for many years, a talented, brilliant business owner behind Scottsdale Collector. Give me the name. I always Sports and Collector Car Center. Thank you. Let me ask you, because you're in the luxury market, let's just call it what it is. Are you seeing on the luxury side, are folks uh, gravitating towards a different spend mode, or is it just not anything they they have a problem with? I mean, if I can ask that. That's a tough question. I know, and I'm going to be respectful and mindful. Fortunately, on the customer base that we have, people are motivated by a couple of things, and most of it is age, in the fact that they're in the years that they want to get in it, drive it, enjoy it, and the money is secondary to the completed project in a, in a timely fashion. Yeah, so what, what we're saying, and a lot of you say, well, geez, great, Frank, you just, uh, you're teasing us. I'm still, <laughs> what I'm saying to you is this. A lot of you youngsters out there, okay, we, we've been there. Yep. I bought my first house in 95. It was assumable because guess what? In the early to mid-90s, what was the mortgage rates? 9%, right? My mom in the 70s, it was 17%. This economy will turn around, and a lot of you say, well, it needs to turn around quicker. But on Joe's note, I took, a, you guys know I was at SEMA. I had the honor to work with Ludacris Jealous. and ZF Booth yep. folks over there. Um, and my point is I went to a few session classes, and one of them was automotive industry trends. By the way, the air freshener right now is on fire. It's nice. Selling. Year over year, air fresheners are selling a lot. Now, some would speculate <laughs> you guys are road tripping. Some are saying that's because they're vaping a whole lot more. And that's what. But my point is, during this series of statistics and studies, they, they basically captured the marketplace uh, in the automotive sector. They said boomer retirement, which means, just like you had mentioned, we have our clients in Cave Creek. They're also retired. They want to just enjoy the ride like they went through that. And so it's not, it's not affecting them as much, but that 35 million ish number a year that's retiring on the boomer side is going to offset what is kids like yourself, Alexandra, my daughter. And I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Does that mean the economy is still going to be strong because of that? Well, that report was suggesting so. Oh, meanwhile, You're you're having a tough time with gas. I had I was pushing my car when I was, when well, I was driving. When I was your age. Well, I don't struggle necessarily anymore since I work two jobs. Oh, that's I, the hustle. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I work at Valvoline, as you already announced uh, a few weeks ago, and then I also work at Hubbard Radio Phoenix. So you're you're going for it. So yeah. Um, but I definitely don't struggle anymore compared to when I was in school. It was very hard to work when I was in school because I was very limited on hours and. My paychecks would only be 175 bucks. Well, school is like work, only unpaid. Yes, it is. But you got out of school, and you, you, you kind. Of, I really appreciate your discipline. And yeah, that's your, impressive. And your courage. Like I gotta, I be honest. I didn't have that. Like I did not know what tomorrow was gonna bring. So today, if I got paid, it was done. 
my wife, we did a little too much partying. Um, it is what it is. I'm being honest and real, but you're disciplined and you're putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Practically, yeah. I, w- I, w- I would say that I'm putting in at least 60, 70 a week, give or take, if I get a break. Susie's in the restaurant business. Susie does 140 hours a week. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. My bad. I shouldn't, you know, say anything. Oh, too funny. If you're new to the show, Susie Sockets has been with us since 1947 as yep. a co-host. That's uh, right. And let me tell you, I was surprised. These shows are very organic. We have a little bit of a roadmap, but, but when I when I saw Susie five minutes before going on air, she put a smile on my face because oh, you have right. been you've been busy with the restaurant. I have been, but you still have such an affiliation with the automotive lifestyle. Of to which I, I just got to mention, you're going to be out. Joe Ritz. Joe, get on the mic. You're, let's just get right to it. You put on, this is the 11th annual, and people, if you're listening, no excuses. Bring the family. Tell them what you got coming up, Joe. Okay, okay. It's the 11th annual event, and E represents Jaguar XKE. And it was born out of the fact that we had always worked on and serviced XKEs, but I kept seeing ones driving around that I wasn't servicing. So in an Italian fashion, we'll break bread with people to find out (laughs) where they are. I love it. So we started, and last year we grew. We had 40 XKEs, exclusive, largest gathering in the Southwest. And uh, if you like XKEs, that's the place to be. That was awesome, Frank, when we went. Remember that year we went? And if you guys like a nice, quaint show, a lot of you getting ready for Barrett-Jackson and this is it, man. A lot of you coming in from Canada, this is the season. You escape the snow and you come to Arizona and you enjoy life and you go to these tremendous amount of car shows. Uh, the event will be held at the Scottsdale Plaza Inn and Resort, 7200 North Scottsdale. I'll have it in show notes. That's coming up. You get out there and we're going to dive into this show. Joe and Pat Brothers started their sports and collector car center many years ago. And I've known Joe for a little bit and, you know, industry folks, we hang, we still owe each other a drink. I got to catch up with it, but they run an amazing collector car center working on some incredible vintage vehicles. And I figured, you know what, let's get into the history. We'll certainly touch upon Jaguar. Uh, Joe and Pat and the team are a plethora of knowledge. In fact, we've we've hopefully good business, Joe. We're trying to send you some of the vehicles that we don't work on. But if you are in that market or you're getting ready to buy something, a collectible piece, uh, a British classic and uh, or a classic Jaguar or a Morgan. You know, we had an 05 in the garage. I almost thought I was sending that to you, <laughs> but it was some simple stuff that we could take care of. My point is, this show is for you. We're going to dive into the history, uh, Jaguars and some of the British line vehicles, and also share a very fascinating story. A lot of you are starting out in business. What do I tell you all the time? It's messy. Invite it. Embrace it. It's going to be your world. You don't go into business, Susie. we got to talk about your restaurant. Yeah. And everything is, is going to be perfect. Right now, as I put you on the spot, what's your biggest challenge? running a restaurant, Susie. And well, first off, it's not perfect. I'm saying. It's not perfect. You got a nine to five. A lot of you, in fact, some of my 401k people, you're retiring. You, I got a dream of owning a business. It's, I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. First of all, it's equipment. 
You, you got, got yeah. your, well, your refrigerator goes out. You Freezer, were, walk in. Well, you took a little break. Air makeup. You went unit. somewhere and everything. Yeah. I mean, stuff. three major uh, downfalls immediately, week after week after week. It's like in the garage, our equipment, a lift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we service our stuff. I mean, that's another story. You try to maintain your stuff. Yeah. Now, the second challenge employees. People. I don't say employees, I yeah, say people. people. Joe, let me ask you you run a pretty top notch outfit, sports and collector car center. Um, you have your challenges and, and we're going to dive in deeper as we go. Your team is everything to you. Can I ask you, what is the process in how you approach an individual joining your team? Cause that seems to be a big thing right now. Um, in finding talent over the years, are you the sole responsible party or do you bring in sort of an executive squad. How do you handle hiring talent? I'm I'm the initial point of contact. And I'll tell you, in years gone by, I used to do ads and chase around and try to find people. Lately, based on reputation, they've been coming to me. I love it. Which is actually two from out of state uh, that transferred to us. And I just hired a young man He's in his third week. They graduated from an automotive restoration college. So he had done his due diligence, worked four years at another British shop, and he was referred to me, and he's fit in the team. Perfect. Excellent. So that's a win. That's a win. I've been very, it's, it's really transitioned from looking for help to having people, and I'll make space for a quality person because they're hard to find. And how many days... Was he there before you knew he was a keeper? Well, that's another thing, too. Like, you can go through the interview process, but, I mean, like, with the skilled trades, I'm sure a restaurant cook, like, we want to make our best decision, but time tells. And as you kind of get wiser to hiring folks, like, it's never perfect, but you can tell within a few days. I can. And I'm the front of the house in our place, and my brother is the back of the house. Ah, it, and I consider, and most people do consider my brother, one of the top techs in the nation. Wow. So his interface with somebody and his appreciation of a younger person to watch his work habits and his, ex, you know, his, his work ethic was mm-hmm. really impressive within the first week. And uh, he's fit in with the other guys very well. So is it bad if I say one day? <laughs> oh, you can one tell? One day. Well, listen, I worked but with I'll my, give three. Real quick before we head to break, I worked with my father-in-law. That's how I started. Oh, yeah. Late 80s. Old school. I mean, he was an old A&P power uh, uh, airframe power plant uh, mechanic worked in the airlines and and he got laid off and he was upset he had to go back to working as a mechanic in the garage. <laughs> I mean, this is his day was yeah, he was an engineer, right? He was an engineer yeah. and some of that was because he felt like he got busted in rank. He'd go back and working on the cars. <laughs> but man, his hands were rock solid and yeah. he would tell me, you know, he's from Middle East, he's from Lebanon and in an accent he would tell me, you know, that man has good shake. <laughs> And he used to Just basically, he would be like, well, the back in the day before it got all crazy, like yeah. you couldn't have silk hands. Yeah. Now we're prima donnas. We've got gloves on and we can't, you know, but uh, I would imagine uh, your brother, Pat, coming from, you know, a deep history. Some of that's there's still some of that truth there behind a man's shake or even a woman's shake. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And the team that we have in place was so important that if you didn't gel with everybody. That's it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk more you on that. that. Yeah, we're yeah, going to talk more of that. Yeah. We're honored to have Joe Ritz. I want you folks to stick around. We're going to dive into a little uh, British import history, the Jaguar event that's coming up. Uh, we're going to listen to the story of how do you like start something like this? I mean, a lot of you can understand, okay, open up a lube shop. This is what you do. You throw money at it and there you go. But building a custom refined uh, investment grade vehicle like shop that you just can't turn key open door and off you go to business. That takes some time. And of course, we're going to pick Susie Socket's brain, get knee deep into the process of all things egg roll manufacturing. <laughs> I want you guys to stay tuned. We'll be right back. Wrench Nation. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, Mail Shark has got you covered with over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more. Mail Shark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.com. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. Partsauthority.com. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Right on. Welcome back. WrenchNation.tv. Listen, uh, show number 303. Some of you diving into your breaks on the weekend. Check it out. We got a special edition with... 
the Godfather breaks uh, Dino Crescentini, literally. Nice. That's his moniker. Um, he created Eccentric Breaks, and uh, that was uh, sold off, and now he's got uh, Dynamic Friction. I thought that was a good show. We got into the dynamics of good breaks and, you know, all the technicals behind that. And lastly, Women in Motorsports, and I'm just ashamed of myself. I was it's supposed this to be- week. Uh, I thought it was last Saturday. No, no, no. Oh, it's 7th, yeah. Oh, so I don't have- 7th, 8th. Oh, I'm still saving my- You're safe, yeah, you're I safe. got back from SEMA. I, was, yeah. I thought Saturday and so good. Alexandra, I'm going to get you out there. Say, Frank, I calendar it. Keep me straight. Yes. So, women in motorsports. What we're talking about is the big women in drive, the third annual. We're talking about the rock star motorsports females in the world. They're going to be out NASCAR next week. This week. It's this happening week. right now. Oh my gosh, I'm so confused. Anyway, that show was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had, of course, uh, our good friend Lynn St. James, uh, who was uh, Hall of Fame Rookie of the Year as a female driver in the 80s. That was a big deal. Um, uh, so, And, of course, Executive Director Cindy Sisson. Real quick, when is that? Because that bothers me. Well, I have it on the calendar for November 7th. That was yesterday. It was. It was okay. yesterday, and it's today. And it's today. And it's today. Yeah. Ladies, we miss you. We're sorry. sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, you guys get on wrenchnation.tv and check that out. We're honored to have Joe Ritz uh, Sports and Collector Car Center, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, is is dealing with uh, some of the exclusive classics, primarily, Joe, in the British arena. Yeah, we've expanded uh, into American muscle. And, nice. And uh, classic cars per se, but a lot of mostly vintage. Yeah. Um, there's an event that uh, Joe and uh, Pat and the rest of the gang at uh, Sports and Collector Car Center. This is their 11th Avenue. I just want to remind you, the Scottsdale Plaza and Resort, 7200 block. What is that? Camelback area north? Indian Bend, right? On Indian the Bend, right yeah. there. Uh, a nice quaint show. Uh, you'll have about, what, 50, 60 cars out as anticipated. Yes. But we want to get into the juice of this thing. Look, you, you've you've come up and, you know, you're an entrepreneur and... How did you get into this crazy business of fixing cars, but also fixing some really eclectic classics? How did you get your start? My oldest brother, who is 15 years older than Pat to the day, 16 years older than myself, and then there's seven kids total. Wow. Big Italian family. Big Italian family. But he started back in the 60s after high school, took uh, automotive mechanics at Phoenix Union High School back wow. in the day. Wow. Wow. And I just remember growing up, he built a garage. We lived on Central Avenue, just south of Virginia. Ah. And he built a garage himself. And he would tune a Cobra, real Cobra, in the 60s in that to where the TV would go fuzzy. My father would Wow. Would he shut that thing off? So that was That's the, back in the day. We yeah, had tennis. back in the day. No satellite, all you no. fancy, uh, no internet stuff. <laughs> we had remotes. They were seven kids that got up and changed. <laughs> so back in the day, if you if you were that performance tune-up genius, your Monica was, I can make a TV fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually opened his first shop in 1966 in Tempe. And our edict was to be as soon as we, summer of eighth grade, we started working summers and then evolved. And that was actually the only place my brother, Pat, ever worked. Wow. What, uh, like, Pat coming up as a mechanic back in the day to give us perspective, right now, it I wouldn't call it a stale environment on some of these newer vehicles. A lot of you are upset because you, 
you, you can't you can't even find the hood latch in some of these new cars, but <laughs> but you get under there, it's all plastic. It, it and and I so wish I I probably should add. We'll get Pat on in the future because I'd love his perspective as uh, sort of an old school up and mm-hmm. you know over the years. What was his challenge early day like? I mean, was there a challenge? I mean, were you grooving a whole lot better back in the day than today? I'm sure technology created some challenges, but if you were setting you know points and adjusting carbs and what would your brother complain about back in the day? You know, what was his biggest? His little brother. I'm kidding. <laughs> the, mechanics, <laughs> the mechanics of it was in your DNA. There were certain guys that were going to do it and certain guys that weren't. I remember my mother asking him to put the toaster back together uh, so we could eat because that he tinkered mechanical. He tinkered, yeah. And with my brother, we started sweeping the floor. Yeah. Cleaning parts, learning what we were holding on to. It's part of your environment. Naming it, and then we moved up through the ranks. It's funny you mentioned timing. He just had to show the new guy static timing on an early Austin Healy, which first of all, I was pleased that he was asking because he wasn't familiar with it. Which is a good sign. If you don't know, ask. Yeah. And then my brother was happy to show him and he retained it. He'll be fine. You know, static timing. Yeah. See, a lot of you don't realize, and I'm not like, well, let's just, I'm going to pick on the millennials. I hope you millennial mechanics have a timing light. Some of you come up in an era where you you didn't have to have a timing light. Right. I said, go get one. You never know when you <laughs> have to go old school. But that's, I, I heard something there. And if you're up and coming, Alexandra, you mentioned that you work for a team uh, at the Loop Shop. If you got a question, they're going to they're gonna help you out. That's a good team right there. Yeah, they will definitely answer any questions I have regarding to um, anything with cars. I mean, I'm very low on the totem pole when it comes to cars, um, but I do know definitely know when, like you know, tires have to be replaced and all that sort of ordeal. But yeah, definitely with those questions that I ask them, they definitely guide me in the right direction, so that way I don't mess up. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good uh, team culture. Uh, Joe, so we talked about like, okay, his challenge under hood. It's he's in bread. He was rebuilding toasters, he's making refrigerators fly. He's just, <laughs> he's got it. He's like MacGyver. Um, what about the state of mind of the motoring public? Because some would say right now in the industry, like we need therapy some days because people just can be twisted. And, and in some cases, we don't blame them. Stuff costs money. They have to fix it. They're not on a luxury uh, vacation. They're right. visiting. Your market's a little different because they're there. They they want to invest. But back in the day, would would Pat come home or you guys coming up complain about a certain demeanor of the consumer? Has that just remained the same, even if, if, if that's even a question? You know, the cars we were working on then were just cars. We work on them now because they're classics because we've been around that long. So we had a lot of ASU campus small sports cars that came because we were in Tempe and that's what they owned. And it's funny now they're coming back around to say, boy, I'd like to have another one of those. So the challenges back then was people needed them for transportation. Not as a second or third, my weekend warrior. Exactly. Now they've become uh, just almost therapeutic in the fact that it takes them back to a time that they, they really enjoyed and, uh, and they don't need them done in, in one day. You know, I'm finding that at our new location, Cave Creek Carefree. Susie, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I, and by the way, Joe, thank you. You sent us a nice 
gift package. And uh, you did. That was did. so nice, fact, Joe. He was just very thoughtful like that. And I said, man, I got to buy this guy a big drink. <laughs> we got to meet. But um, we're we're seeing in, in our demographic there, Cave Creek, Carefree, North Scottsdale area, Absolutely, Joe. And, I, and I'm learning, to be honest with you, because uh, I, I'm dealing with more of a retired market. And I, I'll be, you've seen Chandler and Dobson, great yeah. store out there. Desert Car Care is still running. But um, it was more that I needed today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the sort of dealing with that uh, other market, it's like, call me when it's done. Exactly. And, and um, you know, which is, which is a different vibe, I got to say. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of adjusting on that. Um, cars will be cars and the challenges we have in sourcing parts. We're going to talk about that in the, especially in the vintage market that can be challenging, but, um, I want to talk about restaurant as we move under hood, adjusting our carbs. We're now adjusting ovens. You mentioned equipment and then uh, maintaining and refrigerators going down. (laughs) You mentioned people, Susie, how do you keep your people in a mo- in a restaurant motivated? What's your style that you can share with folks? So, first of all, the the best thing is value. Value each and every one of them. The best. The other thing is. Well, let's deep on that. Yeah. What's that mean to you? Value. It's not. Some folks think. Well, you got to pay them a lot of money. <laughs> money is money. But Absolutely. Where you at in love and appreciation? There is. What matters to them? Can you talk on that? What yeah. they're at the value. So you know what I do probably on a daily basis is I go to the Asian market. I buy some pastries, the Chinese pastries, and I get them boba. Guess where I'm going right after the show today? I'm going to go bring him some bobas. So you know what matters to them most? They love it. Bring a smile. You listening out there, some of you are like, I'm going to own a business someday. I think all of us here, we're not perfect. We don't have the Holy Grail. But Joe, it matters when you know your people and what matters to them, because otherwise we're just kind of vaguely cutting them a check and giving them a lollipop. Absolutely. We do similar to what nice. Susie was talking on Friday after a long week. We do wine, cheese, salami, beer Aww. for the team so I that saw we that can post. hear what their families have been up to. That's neat. So no shop talk. We'll find out what everybody's, no how just... the kids are doing, and it's uh, it's really a pleasant and it's a great way to sign off the week and head everybody home. It for the is, weekend. and I do mine on a daily, so they they get they get free lunch, right? So we have a family lunch. The now chef, are you eating the same as we? No, <laughs> the <laughs> chefs actually put together the authentic Chinese. Food. So wait a minute, a lot like of it, chicken feet. So like here we pig are. Feet. Uh, yeah, because that's something that a lot of us. I was there, I'm like. Wow, these Chinese know how to eat. Meanwhile, the, our Asian friends are saying, oh, no, that's not how we eat. <laughs> so there is the American style. There um, it is. But that's cool. You celebrate over food. Yes, absolutely. And then I have a one drink limit. So after your shift, have a cocktail. I like that. Yep. And you're, you're yeah, we, we, we've done that. Mm-hmm. We try to keep it at one. <laughs> we have <laughs> one. Sure. Yeah, yeah one. You got to obey laws so you can get yourself in trouble. But if you're listening, man, I like that you're going to get knee deep. I get it. In the widget that you are trying to perfect. As we say, the service experience we're trying to provide. Going to a restaurant, it's all about service. In fact, I'm mad at you, Yelpers. You guys get too crazy on these restaurants. How about instead of reviewing them with your storybook, color, citizen journalism, and just get with the manager owner and say, hey, because they want to know. Susie, you get that. They complain, but they never told you. Because you may have you. an issue that yep. you want to fix. But they'll publicly announce it. Why is this? You get with me on my podcast. You send me hate right now in the comments on this website. Why are you doing that? 
But uh, you know what's funny? Go ahead. I Come on. Hey, Aiden, you're part of this generation of love and festivities <laughs> and journalism. Aiden, what is the thought process? I'm going to get hate on this. I don't care. Because some of us are working really hard to keep people happy. Why are these people complaining on Yelp when they don't just go to Susie or Joe or Frank and say, hey, you, you have a problem in your kitchen. Like, we're not going to fix it. Why do you think this is happening, these Yelpers? Honestly, half of that, I believe, could mostly just be they want attention. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are no. like that. I'm not saying all of them are like that. Don't get me wrong. But some of it does have to revolve around some sort of attention they get from that one post. But it's a public forum. So I get that. Some genuinely want to say, buyer beware. And they go to the public forum, but they didn't even tell the folks that they bought or ate or what have you. The problem existed. Why is this? Because, Joe, we weren't like that in back in the day. If you messed us up, we'd tell you. You went right. Yeah, you Absolutely. Talked. It's social proof is, your, is what you're saying? Social proof? Uh, like people want to like digitally socialize where they've been, good, bad, and ugly, and that's that? Yes, but also maybe it could also be some sort of validation, right? A lot of people, you know, sometimes they might just be looking to be heard. Not a lot of people are heard out in the real world, so they go to social media. Instead of going onto their accounts and, you know, trying to glamour it up, they go to Yelp on a restaurant that they just went to, and they're like, I don't like this. They're sharing their experience. Exactly. Well, let me say something, uh, and I'll speak for all the small businesses, the backbone of this country, restaurants, lemonade stands. I don't care if you make baskets. You're a basket-weaving professional. If you want to vent, I'll give you that. But if you're venting and you haven't like physically made an attempt to talk to somebody about correcting it, we are all worse for it. Because you didn't give the small business an opportunity. What are we looking for? Every day, Joe, we're looking to grow. Sure. There is no perfection under hood. There's no perfection with an egg roll. Now, you got to get it right. Absolutely. Because you'll be out of business. Your thoughts on this? And we're going to talk more cars here in a moment. So, I'm, now I'm going to get hate now. I'll just bring it to life. Would, would the word coward come up at all? Oh, <laughs> coward. I'm a, a coward. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I want to air it in public. Now, here's two scenarios. Now, wait a minute. You said coward. You're calling them a coward or does they, do they think? I think it's a, it's a coward move to post it and not to speak to the actual business owner. I think that's a coward move. Especially to the small businesses too. Yeah. So I actually did have an incident where the woman actually did come to me and we resolved it in two attempts. And she even says, I was going to go and publicly embarrass you, but you fixed it. Give us a chance. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Now, like, the other ones that I haven't spoken to, Frank, I'll merely just say, I'm sorry this happened. I need to know more information. Call me at the restaurant. Let's talk. Not a single call. Joe, on that topic, uh, you're dealing with some Highline classic vehicles, British Arena. You've got some talented mechanics and technicians and a great team. How do you handle a complaint? Well, I'm I handle them personally. My admin is a rock star. She handles many layers before it, it gets to me. We're in a pretty nice position now that we're needed. So we try to deliver the best product we can. I had one that, that acted up shortly after it left and we hooked the trailer to the truck, drove to his house, loaded it, brought it back, fixed it, brought it back. His house was in Tucson. Oh, wow. 
you get it done. But we got it done. He's wow. very pleased. And uh, I'm very fortunate that the age base of my customers, most of them don't know how to do Yelp. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I know a few of the shop owners across the country. Um, you know, obviously we have retired folks that we're dealing with as well. I, I'm thinking about instituting a paging system because they don't want to answer it. They're out of the golf course. And yeah. You guys are looking at us like, wow, we'll, we'll meet you there someday, but uh, different problems to have. But I, I admire what you said there. I think there is some sentiment where folks just want to vent that way. And, you know, we've all been to those sort of uh, brief uh, uh, demographic classes. Maybe that was in college or high school. How do we connect with generations. How does Generation Z talk to the boomer? And how? And I think people are people, but there is something to say about communication. Absolutely. Um, I think, Joe, you're hitting on it. Action is what it's all about. We're going to run to the problem. We want to have that opportunity. You mentioned, you know, you're going to do your best to save a day. Um, I will say in my 32 years, and, you know, I've had five locations over the years, that was that's what it's about. And, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of you small business, if you're not taking the opportunity, if you are that person that says, oh, geez, these people are crazy, you will go out of business because that's your opportunity to grow. If you said, well, how do you grow in business? Well, you examine your shortcomings. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Why are we afraid to do this? You're not in business or working as a rock star for someone in business with them to be perfect. We're not chasing it. You took a gig on with Hubbard, KUPD. Yes, I did. You work for some rock stars over there. Uh, yeah. You I make a mistake. What do you do? To, yeah. What do you do, Aiden? Put you on the spot. If that's the case, I will go straight to my manager, Drew, or I will go to another peer who was there. And how do you I feel after them. that? It you depends. made a mistake. You move on. Yeah. It. I mean, it kind of depends how I feel in the moment based on how the coworker or my boss reacted, of course. But- at the end of the day, you need to move on and examine those shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you're you're done for. There's yep. not a lot of room to grow if you don't let yourself grow. Yep, just take accountability. You know, it's funny when I hear Joe saying he's going to take a uh, tow truck out to Tucson, pick up the car. You know what my resolution is? I tell my husband, Mark, Mark, get in the truck and take this low main to the customer. That's it. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's small business. And some of you are scaled out. Some of you are behind. And I know you listen. Uh, you have uh, you have many departments. You have 800, 900, 1,000, 2,000 people working. But you know on a micro level within those departments where you have your leaders that, hey, you're going to micro it down. It's still a family. Mm-hmm. It's still a culture. It's still a vibe. I don't care if you're making spaceship product. Um, I don't care who you are either. The event, I want to bring it back. Event. Event. If you love Jaguars, if you love cars, the British Classics, the 11th annual, uh, of course, uh, done very well by the Sports and Collector Car Center. That's happening. Scottsdale Plaza and Resort. We'll be out there. Now, we expect egg rolls every time we see you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. So we we talked about the start, the family affair going way back uh, ASU campus. Tell folks where your location is exactly. Uh, let them know. Our shop now is 2042 West 1st Street, Tempe. A, uh, basically priest and university. When you say now, did you move? We had uh, we started in a 4,000 square foot building on 1st Street and Hardy. Oh, congratulations. It was my brother, myself, and one tech. And uh, it was a hustle. And uh, we now have 
about 12,000 square feet. Oh, my gosh. That's and a awesome. team of five. And Good it's for you. really been a nice progression. But You know, Frank, we used to send customers over there. We yeah. still do. I'm sending. I I've have a few. In fact, I've got a couple up my sleeve. Uh, maybe next week we'll be. Oh, uh, there you go. A little pipeline. No, I mean, I think that's. That's huge, man. I We tell our clients, if it's something we can't do, we'll keep you in a network there you go. of good guys and gals. And that happens in every industry. Mm-hmm. And so you, uh, when you go into, I'll speak for automotive service, whether it's retail, Kia, Ria, or you got an 05 Morgan or a classic, you know that the relationship is critical. So I'm going to talk about how you're calling around to find out who's going to fix your car. And now, maybe not in the investment-grade arena, your first question is how much <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. Listen to me loud yeah. and clear. Those of you gangsters that have been with us since 1920 listening to the show, yes, I bring it up. If you think your consumership, your rock star, I'm going to be Joe or Jill consumer, is based upon... How I shop for beer, clothing, and Berber carpet on price when you're calling for service. That's a huge bad move. You're going to get hoodwinked. Yep. The proper question to ask is, how much would it cost to find out what's wrong with my car? And you agree with that? Is that a better approach? Because you've been hoodwinked. You've got somebody give you a price or something. You went in and it wasn't the price you were told. Absolutely. Same thing happened with my brakes. I'm still paying for a $1,000 brake job. Yeah. It it was that bad of a hoodwink. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, I'm being respectful because some of you say, well, gee, Frank, you're talking about all this. You've got money, blah, blah, blah. No. No one is saying that you can't be budget-minded. But when you go to a doctor, they don't just, oh, uh, there's a kneecap. No, man, you got to take an x-ray. You got to slow it down. There is a fee to look at your hoopty. Oh, that's a, I need yeah, to, yeah. there is a fee, fee to, to look, look at, at your, your hoopty. There you go. Yeah. But, um, and I say this because a lot of you are struggling with that right now. Oh, I got a deal. I went in, boom, boom, bam, bam. They said this. The other place gave me a price. And some are being honest. They're, they're get, like, we don't give price. Right. We don't know. And some of you said, well, my Uncle Louie looked at it, and I know for a fact that's what's wrong. You're setting yourself up because guess what? If I can be your hero and tell you you don't need that, we love Uncle Louie. I have cigars. I'll give him a cigar. Don't ask for price when you – and go visit the garage. Um, Joe Ritz in that community of uh, British imports and so on, even when one has a budget, you're still sitting down and ensuring – the expectation is met because in your world, the worst thing is we didn't meet the expectation. How does an interview, because it's almost an interview, go with somebody that has a classic vehicle? What are some of the questions you're asking to ensure the process goes well? Well, I'll tell you of late and people are inquisitive and they've gone places where a so-called expert says, I have no idea. Well, if you've been in the industry as long as we have and you have no idea, just from repetition, you should have some idea of what they're going to expect. You may find a rusted bolt that you weren't anticipating and so on. But we sit in the conference room and we go through, and I always tell, let's go to the end and work backwards. Is this a car you're going to keep? Is it a car you're going to sell? Good. Do you use it part of the year, all of the year? 
So you try to get the backstory all the way through, and people will surprise you. I, I recently had a 68 Firebird young lady, and she said, I was trying to anticipate the budget, and she said, my father bought the car new. I'm going to do whatever oh. it takes. So the backstory dictated yeah. the process. That's neat. Think about that. Um, that's very important for a lot of you um, because there are options regarding you'll get your repair solution, but parts, we know there's variables. If there's going to be an argument to price, some of you will argue, well, I can find it cheaper. <laughs> well, be careful. But the bottom line, kind of complementing what Joe said, a lot of you, I don't care if you drive Kia Rio, Hyundai, a Chevy pickup, you need to let that service facility know how are you going to use it and how long are you going to keep it? Mm -hmm. um, a $1,000 brake job, I understand it was probably pads, rotors, maybe brake flush. You had some hardware. They said it was a whole thing for like the pads and all that. Okay. But they also. Was it calipers too? I'm thinking it was. Well, it depends well, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I mean, thinking. It's, I mean, they, I, I'll say I work on a lot of European vehicles and they, get, they can get spendy. But my point, I don't want to get in the weeds on what they did. My point as a consumer, a good question for you is this appropriate for the, the, the type of driving that I'm doing now? And I may only keep it for a year. Well, all you're doing is you're opening up a conversation. You don't want to compromise the quality. But if I'm buying a pair of sneakers and I'm not going to run the 20K, I don't need the $300 sneakers. No. And that's what I want you to take away listening. Align the need with the vehicle and a good service technician local rock star, even the dealer, they'll align that up with you. Stop, like, price is cool, but it's not everything until you made up the need. Joe Ritz talks about in the collector car market, it's very important because sometimes the anxiety is created, miscommunicated. If you're not doing that properly up front, so could you give folks advice? They've got a classic. They want to get some restoration done. What's feasible? What uh, what advice would you give them and what to ask you or what to make statements about? Let's do that. I have a case in point. Um, lady with a 65 Mustang. She decided, same type of scenario, been in the family since new. And she said, I want to get a restoration. So the first thing is to define restoration. So it's like, I want to get a new dress. Okay, well, what, uh, what are we doing right so now? So it yeah. goes from soup to nuts and a, and our forte is mechanical, so I laid it out what she could anticipate, and I explained to her that I usually will anticipate high because I don't want to surprise you when your car's in a thousand pieces and have you and then upsell you at that point in time. That's a, that's I'd, anxiety. I'd rather yeah. have you be prepared for a worst-case scenario. She wanted to bring her son over on the weekend, and I'm not going to be in town, so I said, I'll meet you there tomorrow night at 7 p.m. when he gets off work because they want to see the shop. But if I garner a new, good, quality client with a nice project, 7 o'clock is not a big deal. Right. Yep. You make time. You do make time. Uh, that's what we do uh, in the garage as well. Well, you know, we're closed Saturdays, but there's a need. You know, we're always going to do our best to meet the need. Now, some of you are saying, how come some shops are not open Saturday? Well, I'm going to give you the honest truth. And, and some are. Like tire business is a little different. That's a big retail day, Saturdays, Sundays. Uh, Joe, I have a hard time finding mechanics that'll work. Good mechanics that'll work Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. 
I have no, I, I've never done it. So I, I myself, I've worked Saturdays. I have I've too. never asked right. anybody to work on a Saturday. Right. Now, when my 58 Chevy needs to be converted to power brakes and power steering, am I going to Joe or am I going to Frank? Joe. <laughs> that was quick. Frank, huh? and, I, Frank Why? and I did talk one time and we said, we're better served if we communicate yeah. than compete. There you go. Oh yeah, we do. And That's I'll be awesome. honest with you guys listening. I, I hired an individual that was supposed to be, I mean, we can all do some of that and I personally can, but I don't have enough time in the sure. day. I'm not full-time wrenching anymore, but I'll be honest with you. I hired an individual that was supposed to be our rock star and he talked to talk, but um, it interviewed well. We had to let him go. Really? He was not performing properly. Oh, I'm Our sorry. Our business is attention to detail, which listen, it's not about perfection. So um, even with that, Joe, I, I would still send you stuff that we just don't do. I mean, right. I got a 58 MGA. It's a gas tank. Regulators, you know, the uh, fuel pump um, uh, level sensors leaking. We'll replace that. Okay. But I am not about getting into trouble. I'm going to serve my client first. I don't chase dollars. Right. Joe, that's another topic here. We've got a few minutes remaining. You could never build a business. Even the pressures of overhead, we don't chase dollars. We do not. We and and there's a concept, a lot of you uh, going into business, you got to do the math. That's a whole nother topic and show. You have to design the business so that in this case, there's a labor rate that sustains paying people well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, paying our fixed expenses, our variable expenses. And then that, because a lot of you saying, well, how come one shop's more than the other? Well, that other shop has no clue. They'll be out of business. Yeah. But that labor rate, some of you going into a shop saying, well, how much you charge per hour? Be careful with that. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you're wanting to have a warranty, Joe, you back up your work. And if Joe is going to be in existence a year from now, he's got to have a labor rate to sustain keeping his doors open. This is true. And profit is not, there's no shame in that. So Frank, on a windy day, if my $100 bill falls out of my hand and it's blowing away, don't chase it. Well, if it's your hundred dollar bill, <laughs> I should chase I, it. You know, I'm saying, but no, I think I think that's a, a that could be a whole show in itself. But what I'm saying is, a lot of you in small business, you do get it, and it's tough. I yeah. speak on this a lot, like you know, bills are doing stuff, but it is what it is. You're building that business based upon the organic transparency, and there'll be tough days, Joe. I remember uh, years ago, my first shop in the mid '90s. I'm like, wow. My neighbor's got a lot of cars and I have nothing. Oh, I remember that. So I went out in some skivvies with a bullhorn. Hey, I'm open. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to still be unicorns. Let me ask you, starting off uh, years ago, even coming up as a youngster in the business, give us some creative ideas. What what would you do to, because you're in a select market. How did you drum up business? One of the things we did was we attended every car event. You're out there. That we could attend to be seen and and yeah. people knew us from our history with my brother, but just presence was really helpful. And the ability for people to ask questions, and then we'll see you next week. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. presence is huge. Yep. Like, we do a lot of uh, yep. community Exposure, stuff. Yep. won't even get into all that. Yep. But um, the event will be held at the Scottsdale Plaza and Resort, 7200 North Scottsdale, uh, South Parking Lot. Uh, talk to us about exhibitors. Is it too late? For no for folks, okay. We, day of, we had a guy drive by last year. Said, Come on, he pulled in the parking lot, and all the owners walked over to a nice V12 Jag. What are you doing? 
Well, I saw you. Well, pull it over. Oh, and get in there. I love that. That's, That's car like, culture. That is that, car yeah. culture. That is the cool car culture. Yeah. We don't judge. When the cars register, we put a number on the car and a number in a ballot box. There's so many cars that have won every show they've ever gone to. So at the end of the day, we pull whatever number out of the box. And last year it was a an XKE with a 289 Ford engine. <laughs> oh, my God. 289 short stroke. He had, never, yeah. he had yeah. never won anything before. He got Cute. the plaque. He got the car of the day, we call it. And, and it was cool because yeah. he had as much chance of winning as anybody. That's neat, Joe. Largest gathering of exclusive Jaguar XKEs in the Southwest. The event is truly enjoyed by owners, collectors, enthusiasts, and anyway, anyone, uh, if you're driving by, no pomp and circumstance, but a really good time. And, you know, Joe, to pull this off, this is the 11th annual. Are there uh, folks that you want to give a shout-out, a thank you for helping you over the years? Yeah, Darren at MotorWorks Marketing does my commemorative poster every year. And I always tell any car club, if you don't do an event with a commemorative poster, it's not really oh. an event because you can't follow it. I didn't you know? even think about that. And I so like that. He does a beautiful poster that we give to all the entrants. Scottsdale Jaguar provides goodies. So we're very fortunate to That's have neat. them and Scottsdale Plaza Resort, of course. That's yeah, neat. That is really neat. Um, I do want to ask you regarding um, legacy. Uh, some folks right now, we talked about uh, sort of a baby boomer demographic. A lot of folks are retiring. Can you speak to an individual right now? We've got a few minutes remaining that owns a business, did really well over the years but their books are a little loose and they plan on selling. How important is the record keeping? You mentioned you've got, a, 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 I believe you said it was an accountant, bookkeeper my, type. My admin, admin, yes. Your admin. How important is that? I mean, that's the fabric of holding it together, not only during the course of the journey, but maybe someday if it were to sell, uh, that's pretty important. The numbers are paramount. And it's really evolved from, you know, mechanics were a blue collar I open my thing, I put my shingle out, and I go to work. Now, with workman's comp, insurance, 401ks, you have to know your numbers. Health insurance. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we offer health insurance as well. You have to know all your numbers, and a good set of books will serve you in the present and in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so something to keep in mind, we, don't, we often talk about this sort of spirit of what you do in a small business, those of you that are coming up. Aiden, are you would you would you open a small business? You hear about us talking. I mean, if you let's just fantasize. Let's go on a little uh, journey. If you put up your little vision board and wanted to open a business, what would you open? What uh, right now tickles your fanciness? Well, right now I'm actually trying to open up a business for uh, audio and visual works. So, oh, maybe. Like, yeah. You have a website? Uh, no, I well I I need to create a website, but what I'm trying to do is create like commercials that, for example, those mall Santas, right? I would be the voice on the loudspeaker basically saying, hey, come to get uh, like come over to the Santa booths or whatever. I'm doing that, so to speak. And, you know, it, I've had people so actually come up to me and ask me to film music videos for them and I could. So audio visual. Yeah. Well, we want to help you with that. We know that you're part of Ranch Nation. Susie may not know, but um, I was actually uh, able to convince my wife. We have tenants in the front, two-story building. Oh, yeah. What's going on? She's like, well, we got to lease that empty space. I said, no, you don't. I'm going to put a studio oh, in there. Oh, goody, goody. <laughs> I'd love to help you. I've talked about this for a while. My goal is by first quarter, any clients we get that we're going to do a, a, a studio up there. So mm -hmm. local businesses, they can do the little podcasting. You guys got the business on that, which means- 
you create your line item card, editing, I want to give you that business. We're just a funnel. We're just a vessel for it. And then periodically, Frank can't drive an hour and a half from to, to do the show. We can tape it. But Where would this be, though? This is Cape Creek Carefree. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alexander, can I put you on the spot? It means a lot to me. You're, you're up and coming. You're really grinding. I so respect that. If you could open a business right now or in the very near future, what's, uh, what's on the agenda? I uh, definitely want to get to recording music again. That's where my heart is. And Aiden knows that as well because we did that for our first and second year in EVIT. Um, I also wouldn't mind doing some visual. Like, what's holding you back? Visual. Uh, I don't have a computer right now. All right. And I also have to focus on getting a car. I'm buying a car literally across the street. All so, right. Well, we know. talk at a pre-purchase inspection. Yeah. Um, well, kudos. Keep that up. And I will tell you, Susie, would you, I think you can speak on this as well, Joe, as well. Have you just like write it down. Oh people. yeah. You got to start with writing it down. Just have write the it down, man. And, and I've always said this, like a lot of you are trying to chase the clock. Time will mess with you. Don't focus on that. Perfect the craft. Show up. Uh, Winston Churchill, success is never final. Failure, never fatal. It's courage that counts. We it see, is courage. We kept that up in the shop for Absolutely. many years. Absolutely. Now, Frank, I wrote down automotive repair shop when I did my vision board. You did. But and we ain't done with you yet, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't done with you. Joe Ritz, we're going to wind it down. I want to remind folks, uh, sccarcenter.com. Any parting words, shout out to the family, anybody that you'd like to just give a big shout out I'd to? I'd like to thank you. I well, think right what on. you do, and for me to visit this campus, I'm impressed. Isn't yeah. it? Aww, it's amazing. That's and awesome. It's right well, thank here. you. And you always have an open mic, man. It's a perpetual, uh, perpetuate the industry. I think uh, that's something that we want to be a part of as very sure. well. Yeah, That's a lot awesome. of you listening, I'll just speak on that. Uh, you guys don't know the jewel in the backyard. Uh, in fact, Evit Radio 88.7 The Pulse was second time high school radio station in the whole country, people. Woohoo! So if you're a small business, what are you waiting for? Come on down, get a tour, and help support great students, faculty. And hey, radio's right here if you have interest, radio. And of course, our people downstairs at the automotive department. It ain't your grain pepe shop. 100 million lines of code. Twist your eyeballs. If you like gaming, get under the hood of an F-150. All right? <laughs> That's a game. <laughs> <laughs> your diagnosing can control the area networks. Come by our shop. Certainly always an invite if you're in the neighborhood uh, sports and collector car center. My youngsters out there, don't be bashful. All of us in the industry, we welcome you with open arms. Uh, come and talk to us if you have an interest under hood. Susie. Yeah, and I also want to say Veterans Day is coming up. It's Saturday. So we are at Singing Pandas going to feed our veterans I love free that. lunch, 11 to 11.30 to 3 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Say this again. If you are a vet, what now? If you're a veteran, come down to the Singing Pandas in Chandler from 11.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Lunch is on us. Well, I know I'll be there tomorrow, but oh I may, gosh, as a vet, I may be out there, too. <laughs> so always an honor to spend it with you guys. If you got any questions or comments, show ideas, or a rock star mechanic, youngster, student, we don't care. We had a World War II veteran mechanic on the show. Yes, That's true. That was a great story. Always invite those comments on wrenchnation.tv. I will be back with you next week. And just a little shout out to Greg Ovis. We missed him. He's catching up. He's yeah. got his Magnus Walker Porsche. Hopefully he's in the studio next week. As I tell you every week, be safe. 
Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic.